The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. And thank you, Emily. Welcome to this Tuesday. You're listening on your local radio station or perhaps one of the many, many podcast sites that Garth has got us on. I got to tell you, if he's listening, Garth, thank you for everything you do for us. Man, you are just amazing. We are on uh, one, two. So we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, and we're on Apple products, Amazon Music, Podchaser, and it goes on and on and on. Whatever your favorite platform to get podcasts are on, just search for The View from a Pew. Now let's go to our host for Tuesdays on the Roman Road. He is an alumnus of Dallas Theological Seminary. I call him Theo, and Theo, what's today's big deal? Mac, the big idea of the day for week 35 is human obedience to the Mosaic Law doesn't work to overcome our flesh. Today we are looking at the justified believer's relationship to the law and sin in Romans chapter 7, verse 18. Things have changed. As we saw in Romans chapter 6, our old self has died with Christ. Sin is no longer our master, but our fleshy desire to serve sin doggedly sticks around, constantly tempting the new self. Trying to humanly obey the Mosaic Law doesn't work to overcome our flesh. So let's pray and review. Bow our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that we can be together today to study the book of Romans. Considering where we are in Christ, May we understand that human obedience to the Mosaic Law doesn't work to overcome our flesh. Thank you for the gospel, the good news. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He rose on the third day according to the scriptures. And in that process, he gave us the free gift of salvation through faith only. And now may everything we say and do be honoring to you In your name we pray. Amen. So let's review the Roman road to salvation. All these verses come out of the book of Romans. First, out of Romans 3.23, we see that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's everybody. Then let's go to Romans 6.23, where it says the wages of sin is death. Well, now that's a daunting thought. We're dealing with death now. And then let's go to Romans 5, 8, where it says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Well, that sounds hopeful. Well, let's go on to Romans 6, 23, where it says, But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So now we're talking about life instead of death. How can we take advantage of that? Then we go to Romans 10, 9 through 10, 
where it says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart, not just your head, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness. So there is the Roman road to salvation. Let's now go to review of the book of Romans, which is made up of five pillars of theology. Firstly, sin in chapter 1, verses 18 through chapter 3, verse 20. Secondly, salvation, chapter 3, verse 21, through chapter 5, verse 21. Thirdly, sanctification, the pillar that we're in today. That's chapters 6 through 8. Sovereignty, chapters 9 through 11, and service, chapter 12 through chapter 15, verse 13. So let's go to that first pillar and review sin. In chapter 1, verse 18 through chapter 3, verse 20, we find the clear idea that all people are sinners. According to Romans 3, 10 through 11, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. So then let's go on to salvation in chapters 321 through chapter 5. Humans have a sin problem. So let's quote from the New Living Translation Bible, chapter 3, verses 22 and 24. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. Now let's go to the third theological pillar, sanctification. Sanctification is becoming progressively more like Christ, set apart from the world. Once we are saved positionally, that is justified, what do we do? How do we live? Chapter 6 of Romans answered that question by explaining the justified believer's relationship to sin. Our old self died, figuratively, with Christ. The surviving new self is no longer under the mastery of sin. Unfortunately, though, as we discuss today, our flesh continues to serve sin. Keeping the Mosaic Law doesn't solve this problem. Now let's go on to chapter 7 of Romans which addresses the justified believer's relationship to the law. Verses 1 through 6 discuss the law's loss of authority, as our new self has been released from the law and joined to Christ. Romans 7, 7 through 13 discusses the activity of the law. God's gift of the law to humans informs humans about what is sin. It is supposed to curb sin, and like a mirror, show humans their weakness and inability to be righteous. But our flesh often turns the law into an instrument of sin by arousing previously dormant or dead selfish passions. Verses 14 through 17 recognize that Paul, a justified believer, is still of flesh or fleshy. This flesh continues then to tempt Paul to sinfulness. 
These verses could also be interpreted as Paul describing himself as an unjustified Jew, struggling with his fleshy desires contrary to the law. Regardless of which view you take, one must reach the inescapable conclusion that an internal struggle continues in humans between the flesh seeking to serve sin and the righteousness of God. Paul states that in spite of his agreement with the good law, the flesh unexplainably leads him into sinful activity, which is evil. Therefore, it is not Paul's new self doing it, but his flesh serving sin. Christians, that is justified believers, of themselves cannot overcome this unexplainable and ever-present indwelling flesh that seeks to serve sin. As a result, for the justified or unjustified, focusing on obeying the Mosaic Law with our human will or desire will end in frustration. This despite the fact that the Mosaic Law is good. Focusing on obeying the law is an attitude of, I got to, which ultimately leads to the frustration of legalism. Romans starts in chapter 1, verse 5, with the idea of obedience of faith. Faithful obedience grows out of a deepening relationship with Christ. As this continues, faithful obedience occurs as a result of love of God and desire to honor Him. This is when the Spirit of God lives through us. Faithful obedience produces an attitude of I get to be obedient, rather than, I gotta be obedient. So let's go to our new verse for the week, verse 18. Romans 7:18 reads, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. To me, Theo, this verse is the most convincing verse regarding whether Paul is describing himself as a justified believer or unbeliever in this passage. The verse begins with the phrase, For I know that nothing good dwells in me. By itself, this phrase is consistent with describing an unbeliever. Romans 3:10 and 12 says, There is none righteous, not even one. There is none who does good, there is not even one. In addition, this phrase by itself would be consistent with an unbeliever because there would be no indwelling Holy Spirit. We will see in chapter 8 of Romans, verse 9, that all justified believers are indwelt with the Holy Spirit, which is good and manifested by the fruits of the Spirit, such as love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, etc. Then Paul makes a telling qualification to his opening phrase by stating, that is, in my flesh. This phrase is not required to make a point about an unbeliever. So, why did Paul insert this phrase? Because he wanted us to understand that he is referring to himself as a justified believer. For Paul, a justified believer there is no goodness in his flesh. But the spirit indwelling his new self was good. So let's continue with verse 18. 
for the willingness present in me. Here we see the effect of the indwelling Holy Spirit. The indwelling Holy Spirit is inclining Paul, the justified believer, to do good with an attitude of, I get to. Then the last phrase demonstrates the tension between the flesh and the spirit, where he says, but the doing of the good is not. Paul is here describing his new self's inability to do good as he is influenced strongly by his flesh, which seeks to serve sin. Paul is explaining that there are times or even seasons when the flesh gets the upper hand in the justified believer's life. Even though the spirit is stronger than the flesh, the result is the justified believers failing to do the good desired in the spirit. How can we apply this? All justified believers can identify with these times when our fleshy selfishness predominates what we do. Paul himself recognized these times of weakness in his life. And so there we are with week 35, Mac. Thank you, T.O., my alumnus, Dallas Theological Seminary dude, always with the big idea. Week 35 from the Roman Road in the can. You can listen to this and all of the Roman Roads anytime you want at YouTube.com. Search for The View from a Pew. And thanks to Divine Truth Christian Stores for your support. Divine Truth Christian Store, where you'll find more.